Hello, welcome to the Show Up and Stay podcast. I'm your host, Deanne Knighton. This is the first in what we hope to be a vast library of interview style podcasts. What we hope to accomplish here is to speak to as many people as possible who have found themselves at some stage of the journey in long-term recovery. We're asking those people to speak about their experience and their story, focus specifically on sending messages to those in early recovery with the hopes that those people will be able to see themselves represented in these stories. My name is Rob, and I'm a person in uh, long-term recovery. My story is nothing unique or anything like that. Alcohol addiction is a disease. I truly believe that today. I wasn't so sure years ago. I grew up in a good family. There were seven of us, counting myself and my two parents. And so there were nine of us in the house. Addiction is part of our family story. Nothing happened when I was young or anything like that. But my mother was an alcoholic. Prior to her passing, she was uh, over 20 years sober and in recovery. My brother is 30 years sober doesn't go to any, uh, you know, support or recovery types of groups. Uh, My sister passed away uh, quite a few years ago from alcoholism, cirrhosis of the liver, very sad and uh, horrible way to go. And I mentioned that because it is a disease, as in any disease, it can take your life. And I truly believe that. My makeup is different than others. Some people can drink and use, and it doesn't really affect them. The first time that I drank, I was very young. I blacked out, got sick, woke up in my parents' garage and swore I would never do it again. The next time that I drank, pretty much the same effect. I have the allergy, and once I start, I cannot stop. My life went along. I've used for just about 20 years. It worked for a while. I mean, using alcohol and drugs was definitely um, the solution to other issues in my life. One is, you know, depression, mental illness. There's a lot of underlying facts in addiction, and I'm no different than that. Towards the end of my using, I always knew that the way I used wasn't normal. I knew that from a young age joked about it. But towards the end of my using, I was so isolated, very depressed, suicidal, really believed that when the pain got so bad, the answer was just check out. I came to that fork in the road. Um, As I had mentioned, you know, I knew a little bit about treatment. I knew just a little bit about recovery, sure didn't understand it. When I was young, I actually went to a recovery group, but I had no consequences and I was young. So I got to this fork in the road. It just, it was like a, like a light went off. I couldn't do it anymore. I just realized that I couldn't do it anymore. And I wish I could say that uh, once I made that decision that I couldn't do it anymore, the switch was turned on and life just went along. To understand what it's like when we first show up or Maybe you've just gotten out of treatment. Those first 30, 60, 90 days for me were crucial. Wasn't the happiest time of my life, to tell you the truth. I was very depressed. It seemed like I was getting worse emotionally because I didn't have the alcohol or the drugs as my solution to get me through that pain. 
What I did do, because I really had nowhere to go, I started going to support meetings. The first time I went, pushing that two-ton door open, I mean, that's what it felt like. But every time I went, it got a little bit better. I came into a room, and they were normal people. And for some reason, I didn't expect normal people. I didn't expect, you know, people smiling. I didn't expect people happy and talking to one another. It took me a while to realize what that was. And that was hope. So my first 90 days of sobriety, I just started continuing to go to meetings. It was very hard for me to um, kind of reach out to people, but I really did force myself to, and I started meeting people. The interesting thing about it was they seemed to like me, they seemed to understand me, and I understood them. When I go to a support group, there's really three meetings going on. One is the meeting before the meeting, and that's, you know, talking to somebody or somebody talking to me or, and I don't know if that's what I needed to hear that night. And then there's the support group, you know, the meeting with the, with others and the discussion and the listening. And then there's the meeting after the meeting. That was like um, people inviting me to go out for dinner, which I thought was really odd. I mean, you know, I'm a busy guy. I get home and do nothing, but I started to do those things. Sometimes I would hear what I needed to hear that night or that day before the meeting. Sometimes it was it was at dinner. I wasn't alone anymore. And I had people. And I started to uh, make friends. And there's an old saying, you know, in recovery, you know, hang with the winners. And the winners, you know, were doing the deal. And so I just kind of uh, latched on to them. And that has not changed as of today. And all of a sudden, things got better. I mean, I came in, I could tell you many stories about my financial difficulties, relationship difficulties, all of the stuff that uh, addiction causes. I was no different. Using, as I mentioned earlier, is just a symptom, I believe, of something else. It's the solution to whatever my real issue is. So I, I mentioned that because I had to dig deeper. And that meant I had to go see a doctor. And I had to be honest with the doctor. That meant I had to go and see a therapist and be honest with the therapist and seek other outside help so that I could deal with those issues and deal with life on life's terms. You know, when I first got sober and people knew I got sober, they're like, oh, great, you're the designated driver. I'm like, well, no, I'm not. You know, first of all, I'm not going there. And second of all, if I did go there and you want to leave at seven o'clock, I'd be happy to give you a ride home. I don't go anywhere where I shouldn't be in a business situation. If I had to be in a situation like that, I always have an escape route. You know, I drive myself. I don't take a ride. The interesting thing about that is nobody knows you're not there. One of my models is. I never get on a boat, I'm not against boats or anything, but I had a business trip down in Florida and I was like, I'm not getting on that boat no matter what. There's nothing but water. 
well, I can't, I'm a good swimmer, but once you're on a boat, you're stuck. There is no escape. Protection of my sobriety was my responsibility. I really appreciate that. And another thing that is very helpful, and I call it, and I didn't make this up, is like that, uh, that circle of trust. And in early sobriety, and even still today, I talk to a few people each and every day in recovery. Isolation for me is, is not good. You know, being in my head alone is a bad neighborhood. There are so many different avenues to recovery. You know, years ago, it was a big stigma, but now it's more open. Just in our recent uh, pandemic situation, you know, online meetings, which were always there, support meetings have always been online, but like myself, never really went to them. So, but during the pandemic, we really saw how important, you know, these online meetings can be. And I've met people that never went to a support group in person, you know, never went to a treatment uh, in person because of the pandemic that were able to start their recovery on like Zoom and today are still sober. What I see in recovery too is young people. I see them and I look at them and I think to myself, I think we're in good hands. The future is in good hands. I mean, I go to meetings and I'm in there with kids and grandpas. I mean, it, it's amazing. I'd love to ask you about something I call not for me's. These are the things that prior to recovery, you would never have imagined could be possible for yourself. Those things that when they now happen for you, that you stop and take a pause and reflect on the fact that this is a part of your life now. You know, if I wouldn't have done the sobriety thing, one, I wouldn't be here talking about it. Uh, As I mentioned earlier, I was beaten down and I didn't, um, I came in with a lot of debt. I had really, you know, no future. My college was like non-existent. I always worked. uh, And the reason I worked was I needed the money to use. I have been able to get my life, or actually, I would like to say is live the life that I was always meant to live. But I was able to, you know, get back in the workforce. I was able to have a whole different outlook upon the money situation. And it wasn't just a means to use. And I was able to get a career and I was able to uh, have a wife and to have a home and have grandchildren. And I would have had none of that. Well, when I look back on the person that I was when I walked in, If I had to say or talk to that person today, I would say how happy and proud and excited for the opportunity that you have today. How do I live, be the person I am without using? And I've been able to do that uh, 
you know, one day at a time. And when I came in, they said one day at a time. I thought they were crazy. I thought that was ridiculous. I mean, who lives one day at a time? You know, I got to plan, you know, my future or this or that. Well, it never dawned on me at the time that if I kept using, I had no future. I was uh, very pessimistic, very negative, didn't really like anybody. I didn't smile. And it takes a while to readjust my thinking, to readjust what's going on in my head. And a lot of it was help from others as well. Finally, somebody said to me, oh, you do have teeth. And what they were saying was, you finally smiled. Um, I was talking to somebody the other day and newly in recovery. And he said he gets up every morning and says to himself, I'm a day closer to death. And I was like, what in the world are you talking about? But that was me. Today, I wake up in the morning. I'm like, wow, I get another day to live. When the sun comes through the, the windows to wake me up, that used to be the worst thing in the entire world. Today, I'm like so excited that the sun woke me up. But it's a rewiring I wish everybody the best in recovery and to enjoy their life because that's what it's about. I just thank you for letting me share with you. And I think what you guys are doing is awesome. I really do. And I've listened to your your podcast, um, your two and your brothers and stuff. And it's, it's really nice to, to get a different uh, take on things. And that's what recovery is, too. There's not one right or wrong way or one size fits all. So I think what you guys are doing is phenomenal and just keep it up. And uh, I wish you the best as well. And everybody listening. Thank you for being here today. If you're interested in participating in a future episode of our podcast, please email me at info at showupandstay.org. To be able to witness lives change. I mean, I've seen lives change. And I always say recovery is the greatest show on earth. It doesn't feel like it in your first 30, 60, 90 days. You're like, there's no way that my life's going to change. And for me, I was the last one to notice 